Hello. And hey. Wel- and welcome back to uh, Moke's Audio Logs. Today we have with me... Uh, this is Owen Mahoney. Hi, Owen. Um, Owen, who are you? Uh, who am I? Wow. Getting right into it. Um, I am a fourth year here at UVA, about to graduate. Um, I'm from Falmouth, Maine. Um, I'm an environmental thought and practice major. And in a couple months, I am moving to Paraguay to serve in the Peace Corps. No uh, shit, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. That's dope. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Damn. I, I got the uh, invitation to serve about a week ago. Really? Congratulations. Yeah. That's huge. Thank you, man. Yeah. So, um, so what, what is it? What is environmental? Um, I'm sorry. I didn't hear the f- full, full title. Yeah. Uh, so environmental thought and practice. It's a pretty new major here. Um, there's a, only about 90 people in it in mm-hmm. my graduating classes just over two dozen kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's an interdisciplinary major, so it's kind of a cross between the environmental sciences department, the political sciences department, and I guess the humanity or English department. Yeah. Um, and the idea of the major is that it's so wide in scope because you can chart your own course, kind of. Uh-huh. Um, there are these basic core classes that you need to take, like core environmental science skills and like core um, policy writing skills but beyond that it's kind of a choose your own adventure type deal that's pretty dope yeah why did you want to do that because it's kind of a choose your own adventure or did you have a particular interest in environmentalism yeah so I found I actually declared at the end of my second year um, up to that point I was trying to get into Batten um, Mm -hmm. and I didn't get into Batten so I was kind of left in January, early February, second year with a lot of a lot of policy classes I had taken as prereqs for Batten, but also with kind of this cache of environmental science courses that I had taken because it's always been an interest of mine and I was thinking maybe I could do an environmental sh- like um, concentration. I think that's what they call them in Batten. Um, but that didn't work out, so I had all these course credits and... I was in a class at that point called Climate CO2 and U with hmm. the then director of ETP. And she, you know, one of the classes she talked about the major and I went up to her after class and went back to her office hours and talked about it with her. And it kind of just lined up with a lot of the stuff that I had done. And it was kind of in line with what I saw in my future, you know, public service, um, environmental policy, that kind of stuff. So it, it was really just, it, it kind of just came together for me okay. at, right at the end of second year. So you say that like public service and environmental policy are kind of your kind of ideals for like your, your uh, guide stones for what you want to do as a job. Why, why, why are those then? Yeah. Um, great question. So I thought for a long time that I wanted to go into politics. Um, Cause that was, why, why would you ever want to be a, a dirty, dirty politician? <laughs> Because when I was young, I had this idea that politics was clean and very pure, and obviously that is very naive and very incorrect, but I I had this idea that politics was the way that I could help the most people possible, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, impact policy at at the largest scale I could. But I think what I've kind of learned with the jobs that I've done and just the experiences that I've collected is that impacting change on a local level and on a level where you can see the actual effects of your effort. Uh, it's a lot more 
I think, rewarding and a lot more um, motivating. Um, so that's why I think public service, service is the avenue that I'm going down because I think public service is a really good way to um, kind of associate and get to know communities that are in need of help um, and oftentimes won't get it unless the agency you're working for or the NGO that you're working for, um, you know, isn't going to focus on them. Um, and environmental science is just because that's the most pressing issue of our time, you know, like. I, I agree with that. I agree with that. I mean, I, I was just doing a report on, um, like, uh, for one of my classes, clean energy materials, I have to do a report on all of the, like, uh, it's not a report. It's basically a self-selected, like, research project, basically. Okay. And I'm going to be, uh, or I am doing today, uh, like, all of the, um, basically, the history of carbon capture and yeah. uh, the effects, like, material-wise, uh, like, actual use and the actual science behind it. And it does, like, the origination, 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 I think, of carbon yeah. capture started in, like, 1991 and then, like, has just expanded since then. And I feel like... I do think that environmentalism is going to be probably one of the largest, if not the largest field in the future or, or, or technologies stemming from that. Yeah. So why, um, my question is, why do you like helping small communities? Why, why do you think that you gain satisfaction from like helping, helping these just people who are in need? Yeah. Do you think, do you think you like, uh, this is not trying to be a, a jab at you at all, but do you think you like, like the gratification or do you think you like, like the, um, the actual act of doing it. No, I, I think I, I don't take that as a jab at all. I think that's a really valid critique of a lot of, a lot of things and a lot of people. Well, um, here, here, I'll, I'll say it, I'll but, say it definitely. I don't mean it as a critique. Is it more extrinsic or intrinsic motivation? Yeah. Um, kind of taking the words right out of my mouth. Um, I, I really think that I just have an intrinsic motivation to be of service and to help people and, I don't really see how you can or how I can be satisfied with what I'm doing whatever it is in my life if it's not to help other people hmm. um and if it's yeah okay that's a, that's a very interesting way so your your overall view is that you want like there's no real value in work that doesn't benefit others so are you I think with what I've been given in this life it is important that I use those privileges and those gifts to help other people. Okay. Yeah. So are you, would you consider yourself like, um, going into kind of the psychology of that, would you consider yourself a selfish person? No, I would not. No. All right. So do you believe altruism is real? <laughs> um, you know, I'm not really familiar. Can you give me a refresher? So of altruism? altruism is the belief that, um, people like, so altruism is the act of doing something without having no like personal benefit to yourself. So like, um, if altruism is real, then like I truly gain uh, like uh, there are actions that people can do wherever they truly gain nothing from an interaction. Yeah, I totally think that's it. Yeah. You think so? Definitely. Okay. I mean, that does kind of that's because that does kind of lead into your uh, like field, basically your, yeah. your overall life view. <laughs> So how, how did you grow up? What led you to wanting to, what, what made you, what makes you feel like you are set up for helping people? Sorry, that was a poorly timed sip right there. No, you're all good. 
Um, I think I think my parents are a big part of that. Um, my dad actually served in the Peace Corps in the eighties. No shit, um, damn. And he's an environmental lawyer now, so that kind of the idea of using your work to help other people has always been kind of something that I've just known as normal. Um, my mom doesn't work anymore, but she volunteers to teach, uh, like immigrants, adult immigrants, um, English in Portland. Um, they both just use a lot of their time to help other people. And I think growing up, they really instilled that in you. Yeah. And yeah, exactly. Huh. Taught me to help other people and, um, I mean, to be a good person. Yeah. yeah. Like to, uh, so that's, that's really interesting. I, I would say that I didn't necessarily, first of all, uh, props, props to both of your parents. Those are, yeah. those both sound like great, <laughs> like paths. Definitely. Also, um, I mean like, so I grew up in a situation where I didn't, I, I think that my parents were more focused internally and externally uh very much on their own or on their family's uh achievement uh, achievements and honestly i so i don't personally believe that altruism is real okay because i think that no one can do an action without getting something no one would do an action without getting something out of it in some shape or form whether that be like enjoyment of doing it like the, the like self-feeling or that they get whenever they do it or like increasing a relationship, something like that. But isn't the idea of altruism that you're not doing it like that? Right. Right. I mean, subconscious, that can be just subconsciously. A byproduct, yeah. Yeah. You know? Like, so I, I view the byproduct as the overall result. That's, that's, I mean, that's where my definition but if, if is. If that's not the motivation though, then how is that? Like, how is that not a pure action? If, if the byproduct is not the motivation, then it's, it's a byproduct. I guess that, it, that 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 is true. Well, okay. So with uh, I'll I'll redefine then. For if if I um gaining nothing uh, my definite under my definition of altruism, it's gaining like o- the overall result, not necessarily the motivation. Because with motivation, I think that you can have altruism, but I think with result, I don't think you can. Okay, so what about actions that are for another person that actively harm you? Like, name an example. Um, giving up a spot for somebody else. Okay. First of all, I think you get a warm, fuzzy feeling inside whenever you do that. And also, I think you, um, I think, like, if that's an, a person that you know, you increase your relationship with that person because they realize you as a kind, and they would do the same thing back to you. What about saving somebody's life? In what context? Pushing them out of the way of a car, and you get hit, and you die. You're not gaining anything from that. Uh, I think, I think you are. You're dead. I, th- I, th- I, th- <laughs> I think you're being a hero. I think you are. But you don't, you but don't live to receive that recognition. You're doing an act to but, save somebody's life, and the byproduct is you die. But 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 the purpose, like, I mean, people who spend their entire life dedicating their lives to science, um, and then they die, does that mean that their life had no purpose because they're dying and they're not there to receive their achievements? I mean, the action that you're doing is... But they're not gaining anything once they're dead. Right. Yeah, I, yeah they, they might be post like posthumously getting credit, right. but... That wasn't the motivation for why they were doing the work then, mm-hmm. and that, like that's not affecting them in any way whatsoever at that point. Wait, so do you do you think if someone was to push someone out of the way, do you think that that would be the motive? Like, if like well, to save life, what is what is the motivation there? I mean, so, to save a life is just the motivation is to save another human life. Well, but like like 
I, I view I view minds as super logical. I, I don't I don't go very um, like uh, I don't know. I, I, I no I take that back. There's some emotion based in my like processing, but I would say that like if if someone was to do an action, I think it has there has to be a reason to do it. And I think the reason is like if okay. But why can't if, if you're sa- sa- saving people's? a life is like you're 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 gaining like um, I mean like it's the most selfless thing that you can do, and that is, I, whenever you say the word selfless, it inherently has a positive correlation, right? right. Yeah, being selfless is something that everyone wants to be. That I don't. Or, or that like it's it's a it's a it's a good thing no matter what to be selfless. Yeah. Okay. And I think that whenever you're in a situation where you're like saving a life, I think that you like you're okay. It might not be the the current motivation, but I think I think our brains whenever we're like processing a decision, I think subconsciously we think about the overall arching opinion of what's going to happen. So I'm. I'm, I'm, I'm not so sure. So you think before you do an action, you subconsciously think about what the reception of that action is going to be? Yes, I very much do. I, I think I, because... But so what about the people who think about that and still do it and get bad reactions and know that there's going to be a bad reaction but still do it? I think that, that were, then there was a lapse in their judgment. I mean, I do things where I think that uh, one result is going to come out and or, or subconsciously think that this is, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm happy and positive going into this. I think I'm thinking something good's gonna come out, but then something doesn't. That's just a like a lapse in judgment or not a full real understanding of what's the overall situation. Okay. So I mean like I think I, I very much there's a, very much a difference between motivation and motivation to do something, because motivation I think can be pure, but overall subconscious overall thought, including the subconscious, I don't know if it can. I mean, I don't know. Your argument kind of reminds me of, like, the free will argument. I'm not going to lie. Okay. Like, you can't you can't say anything is your free will because it's always based off another action before that. You know? like That's fair. And I can't really negate that, right? Yeah. Because it's, that's, it's, it's that's like, true. It's, like, like unfalsifiable. Right. Yeah. Like, the chain of events that led me here today, like, yeah. But I chose to get in the car and drive over here, like... Mm-hmm. It's, I, it, it, I it'd be kind of infuriating if, if like you don't have free will a little bit, to me at least. I mean, yeah. That, yeah. What, what would the point in living be if you don't have yeah. free will? So, so what? What is the? Do you? Why? Why do you? Why do you live? Why do I live? Yeah. I live to enjoy life. Okay. I live to. I live to make the most out of the time that I have here, and I don't think I always do the best job of that. But that's definitely my goal in life to to look back and say yeah i I did good and i'm happy and Mm -hmm. okay i like that so did you are you like religious at all or anything like that no i was raised in a very uh non-committal catholic household (laughs) (laughs) um so So we went to church on like sunday yeah we went to the we went to the big ones we went to easter christmas when my grandma came to town um (laughs) But yeah, I, I, since I've grown up, I I think I've taken the view that I do not believe in God. No. All right. All right. Cool. What about yourself? Uh, I mean, I would say that uh, I'm I'm very much agnostic, because um, mm. uh, something had to move the first atom, and also, 
I kind of like believing in nature as a god. Um, this actually this actually came up exactly last episode. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, with Shreya. Uh, but basically, I'm I'm, won- I'm wondering because, like, the the tenets of Christianity are to do good works, right? Or at least I know that's in Judaism, and I'm assuming that the values are the same. Yeah. That good works and uh, something called mitzvah are a like a prime uh, like a, a huge part of uh, being a Jew is like doing mitzvahs for other people. So like mm-hmm. holding the door is a mitzvah, or like doing doing other things are mitzvahs. And um, like I think that I don't know. I think that Judeo Christian values very much instill people being good people in that so i was wondering if mm-hmm. since since your your um like caricature is um like a good person doing good things right no i'm not i'm, not, I'm like that's that's meant as a, a genuine compliment but no yeah, yeah um and so i'm wondering if like judeo-christian values influence that or if it's more your parents and seen by example yeah um so actually, I was having this conversation, uh, I forget who with, uh, a couple weeks ago about, you know, where values in religion come from mm-hmm. or values in society. Is it, are the, are the values that we see, you know, that come up in most religions in Islam and Christianity and Judaism and Hinduism, just the is that informed by societies before the religion was made? Like, did they have a moral code that was then incorporated into this text? Um, or was this text kind of the start of the moral code that has then, you know, we, we live in a very, a Western Christian nation, you know, we have Western Christian values in this nation. And I definitely think that that is informed both my parents because they definitely grew up in more religious households than I did. But I also think that, I mean, do you think that do you think that like holding religious values is sort of being religious in a way? So, I no I no no because um, I think a lot of people are religious but don't hold those religious values. Yeah, and are non-religious and very much. Hold those values. Hold those values. I, I don't think that it's something where you have to be associated with the religion or be, you know, or be interacting with people who are imparting, like, those values from that religion with you. But I, I do think that, you know, Christianity and Judaism and these huge, massive religions that have massive followings all over the world have... They're definitely intertwined with our societal moral code and mm-hmm. what we look at as, you as good a good person or a bad yeah, person i i definitely think that that's mm-hmm. a big part um, i i completely agree with that wait so try, try on try on this statement for size tell, tell me what you think of this statement mm-hmm. uh the belief that uh guidebooks like the bible and the torah are fantastic society builders in the way that they provide um ethics and they provide systems of how to do things and how to live by. So See, I think this is where we might disagree. Okay. Because I think that a code of ethics and a moral compass are very much um, products of human nature. 
mm. and not and just as I think religion is. Um, and I think religion is a vehicle used to express those values. But I think that in the absence of religion, something else would morals, be there. Morals still exist. You know, in the there would still be. Yeah, I, I definitely believe that. However, there is something to be said about about you know those texts being building blocks of societies and civilizations. But there's also something to be said about how much corruption comes with that, and how how many people can pervert those texts into taking advantage of other people um so you know if, you, if you're gonna say that religion is essential to society i mean so i view um at least uh so i'm i'm i'd say more of an expert on judaism <laughs> more than uh christianity um and uh i know that so the practices of Oftentimes in history, why the Jews got blamed for such like atrocities like like the Black Death, because like because they cleaned themselves like on the regular or like ate kosher food, mm-hmm. and the whole idea of kosher, if you look at the reasoning behind it, it's mostly things that are really hard to cook and process efficiently. So I mean like keeping haram as well or halal, my bad. Um, uh, like if you if you look at the processes it's all just like making sure that it's cl- well like cleanly yeah. done and like clean like shellfish are really hard to cook and same with pork are, are hard to were hard to cook in uh more medieval eras and i think that like as not necessarily i don't think i think society without it would um would be fine making it off their own moral compass but i do think that the majority of the population needs a guiding hand so I, I there is a there's a theory of um, morality, I think it's called um, Thornburg's like theory of morality I think, or uh, where there's three levels. It's like the first level is like praise and reward is what what the what the deal is if you're like getting punishment or rewarded. The second one is society standards, and the third one is like post conventional, where it's you're making your own moral compass. And the that Kohnberg's theory states that not that many of the population reaches the this the third stage where post conventional reasoning happens, and I think in order to run a good society, I think you do need religion, because that religion is the vessel that provides those. It, it it's not the actual or, origination, but it's the vessel that provides the actual um, morals. I think that's a good point. Definitely. Um, I also think you have to acknowledge, though, how often religion has been used as a vehicle for atrocities and for terrible things to happen. I mean, I if you look agree. at like America right now, mm-hmm. there is like it. It is becoming more and more Christianity is being used as an excuse to invade personal privacy right. and ban books ban abortion you know it's there's a lot of bad that comes with the good that you're talking about yeah. and i don't think do you think do you think it's a necessary evil no i don't i think what is happening no i don't think it's necessary at all um okay. i yeah i i i would be I mean, I can't really think of an example, though, of a of a civilization in history that 
has been, you know, atheist in its nature right. um, with no religion. So maybe that's that's a big old point against me. But, I mean, the separation of church and state has kept the U.S. going for long, long time. 200 years. And the more and more they come together, the more and more we see breaches of, you know, government overreach. And, mm-hmm. um, um, yeah, so I, I, I could definitely picture societies and living in a society without religion. Mm-hmm. I gotcha. I mean, I, I think that religion, religion as a whole, overall, I think it is. So personally, I'm not religious at all. Mm-hmm. I, I don't really, I'm, I'm just not a huge fan of following doctrines because mm-hmm. I think different situations require different responses um, overall and to have a preset way of responding to different situations. I don't know if I necessarily love that. Um, but also, also I have some personal problems with it. Like if uh, God is all good and all knowing, why do terrible things happen? Or like um, the fact that like in a th- if there was to be a nuclear holocaust, uh, the only thing that would remain would be like the laws of science, not not Jesus and the yeah. cross, you know. I mean, they might, there might be an artifact of that, but personally, I do think that I don't know. It's not it's not super sustainable. I'm I'm not sure though. I mean, whenever whenever you go about in your daily life, how much do you? Okay, so obviously you're not going to be thinking of actual Judeo-Christian values, but whenever you go about in your normal life, how often do you think you actually incorporate them into the way you work? So the operation of like being being uh, loving thy thy neighbor or um, mm. what are other things like like respecting, not stealing, not murdering, <laughs> respecting yeah. respect like the Ten Commandments kind of deal. I mean, I guess. I mean, I think those I are kind of like the pounded into daily. Into yeah, like, yeah, that's just. I mean, that's a code of conduct that I feel most people f- would say, everybody should follow in a in a law abiding society. Yeah. you know. Um, but like it's not novel that wasn't the first time people were thinking don't steal from your neighbor don't mm-hmm. kill somebody like just because they wrote it down <laughs> doesn't mean people weren't doing it right. centuries before right uh, that's true so do you, do you think do you think morals are um inherent to a person do you think if a person was dropped in a empty empty world do you think they would form morals or do you think i mean cuz i think morals are formed in relation to other people so really? I think if you drop humans, humans, plural, uh-huh. yeah, yes, I do think morals would develop. A human on their own, well, they have nothing to... To base it on. To base it on and to demonstrate, you know, to see what kind of behavior elicits what kind of reaction, mm-hmm. you know? What, what, com- what comes to mind for me is, I don't know if uh, you were uh, a monster as a little kid, as in like, uh, did you have da- daddy long legs in your area? Yeah, definitely. Did you ever, like, pull off the legs of a daddy long leg? Nah, I'm fucking scared of spiders, bro. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I stayed away from those things. Well, I was, um, (laughs) I I would say I definitely, like, they were, I I grew up, I would say, relatively, like, they were all around. Yeah. Like, they, like, like, um, and I grew up, like. You know, they can bite you right here. That's the only place they can bite you. Because your skin is so thin there. Are you sure? I thought, they, I thought they can't bite me at all. There's one place on your body they can bite you. 
No shit. Yes. Are you serious? I'm being 100% serious. Really? Yeah. Okay, damn. I have to keep that area. <laughs> yeah, I'm saying, bro. They're a lot more scary now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, um, so I, 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 I think some other people can relate to this, but, um, if you haven't had that experience, it might sound a little weird out of context, but like, I, I remember like as like a very little kid, like I would pull off the legs sometimes mm. of like daddy long legs. <laughs> yeah. And that very much represents a non, like not a respect for life, you know? Definitely. Like not a respect that that is a living thing as real and as unique as I am as a person. I mean, it may not be overall as complex as the systems ex- that exist within me, but they are. But it is just as real and just as operating as I am. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, yeah, and I think having like being a child, you don't really like have classical schooling. And by schooling, I it's kind of like the interaction with other people, learning from other people. Mm-hmm. And so I think that like I don't know. I very much agree with your point that alone, uh, as a child, you don't have the moral guiding of other people. So this is this is a little di- bit different, but eh, I, I think it might connect back. But what do you think about overall existence? In what sense? Like, In what sense? Like, how do you feel about it? The fact that I'm alive? Yeah. I think that it's a blessing uh-huh. um, I don't think it's a miracle uh-huh. I think it's a product of billions of years of just laws of nature uh-huh. happening and I think it's something that has been or that is replicated in places very far away from here that we will probably never see in our lifetime but mm-hmm. existence in my eyes is not confined to the earth Okay, so do you know a guy by the name of Richard Dawkins? No, I do not. Okay, he's he's very much your view. I very much agree with your view. That is that is my view. That uh, like con- so, what do you, what do you view of consciousness? Like, like what is consciousness to you? Hmm. Um. I mean, I think therefore I am is kind of the first thing that comes to mind. Uh huh. Uh, being self-aware, I guess, is consciousness. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, like I think a, a a deer is conscious. I think a a rat is conscious. I think. Well, do you think they're self-aware, or do you think they just operate based on? I think they're self-aware. You think so? Definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, to what it, like to what, to it, what I'm not, I don't think they're looking. Yeah. You know, in the pond, checking <laughs> their reflection, seeing if they look good. Yeah. But you know, they're. Like, okay, I'm going to chill here for a minute. Mm-hmm. Process information? Yeah. Oh. Um, so is your definition of uh, consciousness more processing information? Yeah, I, sorry, dead air. <laughs> yeah, no, no, you're all, you're all good. Um, I guess I haven't, I, I really have not been in too many situations where I've discussed the meaning of consciousness, so I don't have too much to draw on for this. No, I gotcha, I gotcha, that's fair. Um, but I, I, I think there is definitely a difference in, in the level of consciousness uh-huh. from a human to an animal mm-hmm. or to different, less complex animals. Um, 
but that doesn't mean that I don't think that they have some sort of consciousness. I think, I guess that's my answer. I think there are different levels of consciousness. And I do think that there are other, probably other places where organisms have reached the same level of consciousness that we have. And do you think, do you think that the operational goals of like, um, like the operational goals of like someone's existence and consciousness, like, uh, yeah, operational goals is a fine word, um, is to like, do you think it's to benefit the self or to benefit the species? I think, or to benefit, uh, Richard Dawkins would argue, argue that it's to benefit the DNA, but, um, that, that, that's, that's a conversation for a different time. <laughs> I actually love that. His argument is like um, DNA has just basically formed a bunch of survival machines adapted for different situations. Um, and and are that, we one of the machines? Yeah. That's um, cool. And, and, yeah. And like, so like, survi- like a bird is a survival machine for the air and it's just a survival machine so that DNA can replicate again. Yeah. And DNA is the, own, like, the originator. That's why the book is called The Selfish Gene. If you're interested, I'll, I'll give it to you because it sounds very much like your views. It does sound um, pretty cool. It, uh, I, favorite book. Uh, that's my personal Bible. Um, but basically my point is, um, so do you, th- do you uh, repeat what you said, or if, I don't know if you said it. Do you think that consciousness allows, is, is more species oriented or individual oriented? Yeah, I think that kind of goes back to Um, what I was saying about the different levels, I think the very animalistic urge is to protect yourself first. Uh Um, I think that's kind of innate in our DNA as well Mm -hmm. still. Um, but I do think we've reached a point where people are sacrificing their selves and their, their resources, their bodies, their, um, just what they have mm-hmm. for for others a, a bigger cause and for maybe not the species but kind of a microcosm of the species you know right. their nation mm-hmm. their community their state whatever it right. may be um so yeah that that was that was my wraparound that i think that you represent that well the kind of i don't know if the right word be, is like beyond human um but we'll we'll, we'll say that for now um <laughs> just because like it's going your um, uh, like the o- overall personal personal want to help society and Michael Carlson's the people who really need the help is a display of this this term what we've just made that uh, that the beyond humanness yeah <laughs> but yeah um, I really I really appreciate you coming on today um, thank you very much totally um, yeah it was I, a pleasure uh, and uh, thank you guys for listening have a wonderful day. Sign in next week. (laughs) Thank you.